0: Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 16 of my Raising Young Athletes podcast. This is the third of six episodes in which I'm exploring the essential role that you play in your children's athletic lives. The topic of today's podcast is guided participation in action. You can get your children off on the right foot in their sports participation by taking some active steps that will set them up for great early athletic experiences. In turn, positive early sports involvement increases your children's chances that they will develop a long-term love and commitment to sports. Guiding your children into sports participation begins with exposing them to a wide variety of sports at an early age, in the hope that one will pique their interest, and in time, encourage them to make a commitment to the sport. Parents usually first introduce their children to sports that are of interest to themselves. Perhaps parents played a particular sport when they were young, or they currently engage in a sport. In both cases, in both cases, parents provide their children with the awareness of and participation in a sport in which they are already actively involved. You should not, however, limit your children's exposure to sports in which you have knowledge and experience. For you to assume that what is good for you will also be good for your children is presumptuous and potentially restrictive, much as a doctor might decide that his children must also be physicians and forces them on the path to medical school. One of your great challenges is not to impose your own interests, needs, and goals on your children, but rather to help them identify their own, and then you provide the opportunities for them to nurture them. This first step in guided participation is about being attuned to the interests of your children and letting them guide you as you guide them. This support will encourage them to experience many sports and to find those to which they are attracted and best suited based on talent, temperament, And interest. Providing opportunities for diverse sports experiences and then allowing your children to choose their own path is a powerful demonstration of your respect for them and your desire for them to take ownership of their athletic lives. Ideally every sport that you expose your children to should be one in which they are motivated to participate. Perhaps they saw a game on television or their friends participate in the sport. When your children already have the motivation to take part in a sport, my best advice is get out of the way. All you need to do is provide the necessary resources and support, and they will take care of the rest. However, not all sports are immediately motivating. Offering your children opportunities to experience different sports sometimes means having him or her participate in sports in which they may not want to engage or have an instant affinity for. Yet, not exposing your children to all types of sports, even ones they don't initially enjoy, may deprive them of finding a sport that could become their lifelong passion. You should base your decision of what sports experiences to which you want them exposed on your values and interests and on what you believe might offer them enriching experiences. In these sorts of situations, the challenge then is how to get your children to try a sport that they say they won't like and don't want to do. Parents often ask me, should I bribe my children to try a new sport? This is a tricky question with a great deal of conflicting answers from parents, parenting experts, and researchers. Some parents and many parenting experts swear that bribery is a necessary tool that parents use to motivate their children. Considerable research, however, recommends against using external rewards to bribe children to participate, indicating that it actually undermines their motivation. However, this same research suggests that there are some conditions in which external rewards can increase motivation. An important distinction needs to be made between immediately rewarding sports and those that are boring, difficult, or painful. Research argues strongly against providing external rewards to children for participating in sports they already enjoy. The evidence is very clear that this tactic actually reduces their intrinsic motivation. However, using external rewards to quote-unquote bribe your children to try a sport that they may not initially like can be effective. Although there are no firm rules, I can make some recommendations on how to use external rewards to your children's benefit. One reality that any parent can attest to is that children will make judgments about a sport before they have even tried it. I know I'll hate it. Even when they have absolutely no basis for making such a judgment. The goal of using external rewards is not to force your child to participate in a sport that they know they don't enjoy. External rewards are also not aimed at providing lasting motivation to your children in a sport. Instead, bribes are to offer your children some initial impetus to try a sport so they can see whether they might actually like it based on real experience. I know many young athletes, including my own daughters, who swore they would hate a sport before trying it. Yet. Once they do participate, they actually enjoyed it immensely and chose to commit to it of their own free will. If, in a short time, your children really enjoy the sport, then you can provide the reward you agreed on because a deal is a deal. But you no longer need to bribe them because their own motivation will drive them forward. If, on the other hand, after a reasonable time of participating in the sport, your children still don't enjoy it, Then again, you provide the reward and continue to look for a sport that is a good fit for them. The key question is what kind of external reward should you offer? The reward has to be enticing enough to motivate your children to accept the offer, but not so large as to prevent them from finding their own motivation in the sport. Again, there are no set rules here and you should use your own judgment about what is reasonable and fair. You should start by asking your children what they think would be a good reward. Say to them, I can see that you aren't too psyched about doing this, but we think you'll really enjoy it and we'd like you to try it. What do you think would be a good reward for your trying it for one month? You can solicit their ideas and then make the decision based upon what you think is reasonable. Rewards should also be something that your children want and something that you want them to have. And hopefully the reward will have some kind of redeeming value, which rules out junk food, video games, and expensive clothing. You should also explain the purpose of the reward and emphasize your hope that they will come to enjoy the sport on their own merits. An important aspect of external rewards is what the reward communicates to your children. External rewards won't work if they convey incompetence, anger, lack of faith, control, or coercion. For example, the only way I can get you to do anything is to bribe you. External rewards are most effective when they indicate to your children that they are valued, competent, and that you believe in them. For example, we love you and want to reward you for your openness and efforts, and that you value the sport enough to want to encourage them to try it out. If the external rewards are combined with love, encouragement, and praise, you are sending your children the right message and providing them with just a little push so they can find out if they really like the sport. From Arnold Schwarzenegger, the bodybuilder, actor, and former governor. I think most of my lessons come from sports. That's why I always emphasize to young kids to get involved in sports because it's where you learn discipline. It's where you learn to keep going. Where if you think you can't make it, you can. The next step in guided participation is providing the resources to ensure that your children's initial sports experiences are positive. This process involves creating a physical and psychological environment that allows your children to explore the sport fully and enables them to decide on its merits, whether they wish to continue with the sport. These resources can include a youth sports program that best fits your children's interest and level of competition, and equipment such as soccer shoes, tennis rackets, and baseball mitts that will facilitate their enjoyment and success. The youth sports program that you choose to place your children in may be the most important resource you provide. A program, whether a club, team, or series of lessons, can have a big impact on the kinds of experiences your children have and could, in fact, determine their motivation to continue in a sport. You want to ensure that the program and its coaches share your rationale and philosophy for your children's participation in the sport and provides a positive setting in which to first expose them to a sport you also want to ensure that you enroll them in a sport for a reasonable length of time. For example, you can sign them up for a series of five tennis lessons or a six-week soccer season, enough to allow them to gauge their interest and not overly expensive as to feel that you wasted your money if they show no subsequent interest in a sport. Later on, if your children express continued interest in a sport, you can consider signing them up for a longer period and making more of a financial investment. As you know, some sports are equipment intensive and the initial entry into a sport can require substantial financial investment on your part. At the same time, the amount of your investment you make on behalf of your children should increase progressively based upon the amount of their investment in the sport. A danger is that when your children show an interest in a sport, you go out and spend a lot of money on the necessary equipment, then they quickly lose interest and those purchases turned out to be a waste. If this occurs, it's difficult to not feel and communicate some anger to your children. They may feel guilty and stay in the sport even though they don't really want to anymore, or they may become reluctant to express their interest in other sports in the future. For example, if your son shows an interest in tennis, you shouldn't go out and buy a Roger Federer signature racket and tennis shoes and clothing for several hundred dollars. Instead, you should buy a used racket at a local consignment store or borrow a racket from another family and use his old basketball shoes or some gym shoes. As his interest grows, so can your investment in the equipment he needs to support his goals. When your children begin a new sport, you should consider what resources they will need to maximize their athletic experience. Identifying potential youth sports programs and making a list of the equipment they will need will help you make deliberate choices about those resources that will allow your young athletes to explore and appreciate fully their sports experience. The importance of commitment is a lesson that your children must learn to become successful in sports or any other parts of their lives. When your children initially choose a sport in which to participate, you have the opportunity to teach them the significance of commitment as a value and as a practical tool. Two of the most essential qualities associated with commitment are hard work and persistence. The reality is that if your children work hard and persist in their sport, they will likely achieve a reasonable level of competence and success. In the early stages of your children's athletic lives, they may feel considerable frustration and discouragement as they learn its necessary rudiments. In the beginning, the costs and discomfort may outweigh the benefits and enjoyment that your children experience. This rough start may cause them to want to give up because their sports experiences are neither fun nor rewarding. You must, at this point, encourage your children to stay committed to their sport until they reach a level of competence that's fulfilling and they find it enjoyable or it becomes clear that they will never enjoy the sport. If you allow your children to quit when their sports participation gets difficult, they won't learn the value of hard work and persistence that is so essential to long-term success and satisfaction. Allowing your children to back out of their involvement also teaches them that they can get out of anything that they don't like or that becomes a little difficult. It also leaves you having committed your time and money to their sport without your children being grateful for or taking full advantage of your commitment. Most of us remember our parents forcing us as children to do something we really did not like doing. One of two things happened. Either it became so unpleasant that we stopped doing it as soon as we could, and perhaps as adults, we're sorry we stopped. Or we finally broke through the discomfort, found enjoyment and reward in it, and begrudgingly thanked our parents for keeping us committed to it. When your children make a commitment to a sport, they must be held to it, except in the most extreme circumstances. For example, if continued participation would do them some sort of harm, just as they would expect you to adhere to your commitment. Imagine how your children would feel if, part of the way through a sports season that they were enjoying immensely, you decided to pull them out because you didn't feel like driving them to practice every day. They would feel disappointed and hurt. You should feel the same way and should not allow your children to break their commitment either. Now, commitment is not a single irreversible decision, but rather a series of increasingly more dedicated steps that leads to greater involvement in a sport. You should ask your children to make age-appropriate time commitments to the sport in which they show an interest. You should establish reasonable time frames perhaps based on a relevant period of time for the sport, such as a lesson package or a sports season, that you feel is adequate for them to experience the benefits of the sport. Your children should be required to stay committed to the sport for the agreed-upon time period. At the conclusion of that time commitment, you and your children can then evaluate their participation and decide whether to continue or to try out another sport. You can also facilitate your children's commitment to a sport by explaining to them that commitment applies to both you and they. You can model commitment by showing your children that when they make a commitment to a sport, you also make a commitment. You should make clear to your children the commitment in terms of time, energy, and money that you're making, and then you expect similar commitment from them. You commit to paying for the sport, providing the necessary equipment, arranging for coaching, practice, and competitive opportunities offering logistical support, such as getting them to and from practices and competitions, and importantly, giving emotional support in the form of interest and encouragement. In turn, your children's commitment includes giving their best effort, paying attention to their coaches, devoting the requisite time to practicing, being considerate of their teammates, and being appropriately grateful for the opportunity you're giving them. From Vince Lombardi, the legendary football coach, the quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 16 of my Raising Young Athletes podcast, and be on the lookout for episode 17 in the near future.